You're listening to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. And we are a proud member of the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. Hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Follow Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host this week. My name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me on the line is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? Chris, I'm going well. Um, I'm going well. Jeez, that was terrible. Said. <laughs> I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Uh, but how are you doing? Are you are you feeling uh, feeling any older? You know, and that's it's funny. Like Is you know, record. <laughs> yeah, because yesterday um, was my forty fourth birthday, and no, I don't feel older. I, to be honest with you, I think when I hit forty, that's when I was like, I don't know. To me, growing up, I always thought of people forty and older as being old, and it just kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. But I've had a lot of people tell me that they can't believe I'm 44 because I, I, I don't look like I'm 44. So I'm assuming in a good way um, that I look too young to be 44 and not too old. Like, oh, my God, you're only 44. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's in, the, in the good category. Um, but, I mean, I got one grandchild. I got another one on the way. Um, you know, it, I'm getting up there, man. Like... I, I like at my current job. Like I've I've been I've been here for seventeen years now, or is it eighteen years? No, seventeen years, and that's just nuts. I, and I and yesterday I don't know what it was because uh, um I don't know if you've heard the news. Like this is uh some uh actually let, let's just roll into some some geek news real quick. Um, All right, because <laughs> this was on the news. Um, and it's pop culture related. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, of an NHL player named Wayne Gretzky. He, he, you know, he was kind of popular for a while there. Um, you don't say. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some people have have said he's the best player to have ever lived, but I don't know. He, he was on the pro stars cartoon. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. (laughs) And the serial. We, I don't know if you guys got the serial down there, but we had the pro pro star serial up here. Yep. And he was like our, our our main guy. Him, Bo Jackson, and... Jordan. Oh, yeah, Michael Jordan, right. That's it, yeah. Um, but anyway, so his rookie season in the NHL was 1977. Also the year that uh, Star Wars came out. Or no, was it 79? No, it was 79. Star Wars 77. Was it 77? 77. Yep. Okay. Anyway, regardless. Uh, the reason why this kind of ties into into me is uh, his rookie card is one of the most sought after sports cards in hockey. It's probably the it's the holy grail of hockey cards. Um, and there was a guy in Saskatchewan uh, where Ragnar lives and Alexa lives, uh, the province of Saskatchewan. Um, this guy apparently bought a case 
of hockey card boxes from that year. And they figured that Wayne Gretzky, he, that, that case, which has the individual boxes that you would see like in the stores where you would pick your packs out of, um, they figured that case has at least three Wayne Gretzky rookie cards in it. And that each one would, of course, be in mint condition because they've never been opened. Um, that you know the box has never been damaged uh, through all these years, and they're probably worth at least three million dollars a pop. Jeez. Oh, so anyway, it got me thinking because when I was a kid, like my my uncle, um, who used to uh, collect hockey cards back in those days actually gifted me like basically it was like a gunny sack of hockey cards um so that you know that was cool and then i discovered i had two wayne gretzky rookie cards in there uh the one i've misplaced the one that is in i would say good condition i've misplaced and i know it was valued at like around a thousand dollars before like 20 years ago so i don't know what it would be worth now um, and then the one I still have is in fair to poor condition because it's got some discoloration in the corner. So anyway, I went looking for my good Wayne Gretzky rookie card because I had it in storage upstairs. But then over the years, my kids got into my my containers and a bunch of stuff got misplaced. And I think it's up there. And... Uh, so anyway, that's why I was looking for it. And then I came across my grad jacket. And I was thinking, wow, you know, I bought this, I got this 25 years ago. And it's still my, you know, of all the jackets I've ever owned, my grad jacket was my favorite jacket. Like, um, I was the only boy in my class that got a grad jacket. Um, so I picked my own colors for my grad jacket, which, um... I didn't realize was an option until I went to pick it out uh, because um, the other, the girls that were getting grad jackets for my grad class, their color scheme, I didn't really like. And I was like, I don't want to get that same color scheme. And then and the lady selling the jackets was like, well, you can get whatever you want. It just costs you an extra 30 bucks. So I got like um, black, white, and gray, kind of like the LA Kings colors. Um, <clears throat> I kind of did that kind of because I'm a, I was a Gretzky fan at the time and still am. He was still playing, but he wasn't playing for the Kings back then. But anyway, it all ties into Wayne Gretzky, my news story that, um, you know, these, these cards are, were found. Um, so anyway, this guy, he found this, this, um, crate of hockey card boxes and he sold it at, uh, to an auction house. I think he got paid a million dollars for it. Um, because the experts are saying there could be three Wayne Gretzky rookie cards, which would be worth at least about $9 million, but not guaranteed. So the guy went for the guarantees like, okay, well I'll take the million dollars. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's, there's other cards in there that I think like, I mean, the guy would have, even without the Wayne Gretzky rookie cards, I think he would have probably got close to a million for it anyway but you know i guess he didn't want to play that game so yeah he he sold it to this auction house got a million dollars and 
And I don't know if they've opened them yet to see if there's Wayne Gretzky rookie cards in there. But there, there was a guy that did that with baseball. I forget if it was like Tops, Don Riss, you know, which company. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was Ken Griffey Jr.'s rookie year. Ah, yeah. So they said, all right, chances are good. There's the rookie card in here, but until it's open, you can't guarantee either way. So you're just speculating on it. Yeah. And then there's a there's a weird um, like not a closeout store. I forget what they call it. Like, uh, you know, liquidator, like a like a liquid, know, store, liquidation store. Yeah, yeah, store that buys up stuff from other stores. Yeah. Um, but there's one in my hometown, and they get in random packs of cards sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's like here's here's you know cases of these baseball cards and they'll sell them like two for a dollar for you know the packs yep and that's however old but it's like yeah there's a chance that whatever the rookie card was for that year's in here yep but you know the fact of random person going into this dirty closeout store yep is gonna pick up that pack and know what it is and know it's the rookie you know like it yeah. They don't care, but it's also not what people are going in there for either. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I uh, didn't really get into card collecting, like, aside from the, the stuff that my uncle gave me. Um, my dad kind of got into it a little bit through me. Like, he would buy me hockey cards, and I'd, like, put them away and stuff. Um. But yeah, I never really got into the whole hockey card craze. I did go. I did get into the Marvel card craze well, in the I early nineties. Yeah, like the <laughs> like the even like the first series, second series, even second series is when I went nuts. I was trying to get that whole collection. Th- third series, not so much. I did get a few of those, and then I got some Star Trek twenty fifth anniversary cards. I actually did get that collection years later at a convention paid like 20 bucks or something i got the whole thing so that's kind of cool well i went from i was like when marvel first started and the dc ones i was buying mm-hmm. you know a pack at a time two packs at a time whatever trying to get the set <clears throat> and i think by series two or three i just gave up and bought the whole box mm. because then you, you wanted the hologram card yeah. too or whatever special yep. cards are so i, I had to do that um, and then side note for, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, other people in family getting into cards. Remember when the baseball card boom happened in the eighties, mm-hmm. there were card shops everywhere. Yep. So my brother and I were into it. And then my uncles were like, Oh geez, I wonder if we still got all of our cards. I wonder where they are. Mm-hmm. One of my uncles had a Mickey Mantle rookie that he had stapled into a scrapbook. Oof. Yeah. It's just worthless. But, I mean, you know, considering how old he was when he did it, who thought mm-hmm. it would be worth anything, you know? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's like comic books, you know? Nobody thought that one day they would be worth money, so people treated them like crap, and, you know, mothers threw them away, and, yeah, you know, it's yeah, crazy. They, yeah, they, they put their baseball cards into the spokes of their bicycles, yeah. you know? Yeah. And l- like I said, um, like this collection I got from my uncle... Um, was in a gunny sack, you know, like it's just, you just threw them in there. Um, and then I, I came upon them one day and he's like, oh yeah, you can keep those. Um, 
But yeah, man, I, I, I like, like the um, that Wayne Gretzky rookie card. I hope I find it one day. Um, I have my youngest daughter, I think, to blame for it because she, because I would keep my my storage stuff in in like a uh, Rubbermaid tote, a plastic tote, so it wouldn't get you know if there's any kind of water leakage or whatever, it, yeah. it would stay sealed. And I kept like a lot of, um, you know, stuff that I had growing up in there. And anyway, my little little daughter, when she was I don't know four or five or whatever, she discovered the crawl spaces and decided to go in there and open everything up and just throw everything out. And and then it was like a I don't know. It was sometime later when I when I actually went up there and looked, I was like, there's just this big mess. So I'm thinking it's up there. (coughs) I had it in a. One of those hard um, uh, card um, protective sleeves. Yeah. yeah, but not a not a protective sleeve, but like the heart, like the one with the screws. Yeah, you screw it in. Um, so I'm I'm pretty sure it'd be fine either way. But we never had any water damage in our house anyway, so it should be okay. Uh, but I was just I don't know. I got when I saw that story, which was like the day before my birthday. I was like. I should really look for that now, you know, because yeah, back in the '90s it was like worth a thousand bucks, but it might be worth more now. I don't know, but I don't know if I would sell it anyway, because you know my uncle unfortunately is no longer with us, so, <clears throat> so I don't you know want to get rid of it. But no, I think there's a fine line between this. I have this thing; it's worth money, and it matters something to me, or the story behind it, or whatever. Versus. Mm-hmm. I have this thing that's worth money, and I wouldn't care if it was gone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But <clears throat> I apologize. I got a little frog in my throat. My my allergies don't know what to do nowadays because it's like two weeks ago it was freezing. Today it's like plus ten. Snow's pretty much melted. Apparently. There was a forest fire somewhere in our province that started up, so uh, like I like my my allergies don't know what to do. Like usually, winter's not bad for them, other than the dust inside from the furnace. But anyway, I digress. I should mention um, just a programming note to our listeners who may be tuning in and wondering. I thought this was supposed to be the pop culture pub, and what we were supposed to record that tonight. But unfortunately, uh, Ragnar, Alexa, and Lillian couldn't be here. Um, so that's why Kevin and I are just doing a Geek Fallout Reloaded instead. So we will do that 80s movie episode eventually. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, we'll just keep plugging away with Geek Fallout Reloaded or, or some or Trek 1701 until we get to it. But anyway, uh, another bit of geek news... Um, and did, is your son still kicking around, Kev? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. I, I don't want to go into details, but the big big news in the wrestling world is what that uh, Vince McMahon is up on assault charges. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I was, I don't know, I always thought he was kind of a scumbag. Um, and I mean... I don't know. I, I, I think he's on roids, at, or maybe he was at some point. I don't know. It's just this feeling I have. 
But these allegations that this um, former assistant laid on him are pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, Vince McMahon lawsuit with John Laurentis. Apparently, he's up there. In, who was He wasn't a wrestler, was he? He was. He was. He was. So it's uh, John Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis. Um, when he wrestled, he wrestled as Johnny Ace. Um, the biggest hmm. thing he did in the States is he was in a tag team in WCW called the Dynamic Dudes. Hmm. Uh, they came out on, like, skateboards and dressed all, um, you know, 80s fashion. His partner was Shane Douglas, who went on to bigger fame in ECW, but hmm. when they were both super young. Uh, Laronitis, as Johnny Ace went over to Japan, had a, you know, that's where he got known. Okay. And then somewhere along the way, he got to be like a office person for WWF, WWE. Okay. Um. So for a while, he was uh, talent relations. He was the one that would hire or fire people. Oh. Okay. Or tell him like, you know, hey, why, why, why don't you go uh, see the doctor and see if he has any ideas for how you can put on some muscle weight. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he's also married to the Bella's mom. Hmm. Uh, Bree and Nikki Bella, he ended up marrying their mom along the way. Hmm. Um, so then he was part of their reality shows for a while, too. Yeah. Um, but he, he was one of the, like, right-hand people for years. Yeah. Um, didn't say absolutely did steroids. He absolutely did. Oh, yeah. You know, he's done tons of stuff. Um, he's also a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to, for the most part, people don't get to be a billionaire by being nice. That is true. And that is true. Follow, yeah, following all the rules and being good people. There's there's a couple exceptions. There's exceptions to everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I've I've made the point to my kid, uh, Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, has done nothing other than make himself richer. Whereas his wife, when they split up in the divorce. Her alimony, she donates millions and millions of dollars to all sorts of charities mm-hmm. and social programs. She ha- she does more good with her percentage of his money through alimony than he has ever done. Yep. You know? Um, so I, I read the Vince thing. I read all 60-something pages. Hmm. Uh, it's bad. It's yeah. <laughs> really bad. And, like, if it was just... Um, he, he hired young girl, he had an affair and it went bad. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, you know, like if, if, I'm not saying it makes him great or, you know, someone to, to be a role model, but like, all right, whatever stuff happens, you're rich, it's business, you know, like things happen in that world at that level. Yeah. But it's the graphic details that she mm-hmm. goes into. <clears throat> And I'm like, you know, I, I, I know some people are like, well, everyone's innocent till proven guilty. Well, it's her word against hers. Well, all, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. There's, all, yeah. there's always those opinions out there. But I'm like, who would make this up if it wasn't true? Yeah. And, yeah. And she's. She's not even really going for anything. She's pretty much going for, like, I signed a deal to shut up. Or not to shut up. That's the wrong term here. I signed a deal to keep my mouth shut and not tell your business. You told me you'd pay me X amount of money if I didn't say anything, and you didn't. 
Mm, okay. Um, so when when they were doing like the Me Too movement and some stuff on Vince got announced, she was one of them, but she was unnamed at the time. Okay. Along the way, someone leaked her name, and she's like, "I didn't tell anyone my name. No one knew my name. No one knew anything." So her thought was Vince or someone in his circle or WWE kind of leaked her information to kind of shame her a bit. Mm, okay. So she's, she was already mad about that. And then he was supposed to pay her three million. He paid her one and then didn't pay the other two. So the NDA, which there's already doubt whether or not it's enforceable, is now definitely not enforceable because he didn't pay what he was supposed to pay as part of the deal. Yeah. Um, it's not even like she's asking for... It's not like she's suing him for a billion dollars. It's not like she's suing WWE. She's pretty much, like, trying to get her pride back. Yeah. After all she's been through. And I, I feel bad for her. Yeah, me too. Um, and, um, and stuff coming out... Like, there's rumors now of... Oh, for one, there's a lot of us that are looking at, like, interviews and stuff that previous women working for WWE have said in the past and over the last few decades and we're like, oh, maybe that wasn't a storyline thing. Maybe that wasn't a character saying that. Maybe there's some truth to some of these <clears throat> things that have been said here. Yeah. Um, and there's rumors that other people have contacted this woman's lawyer and they're like, hey, uh, I might be willing to add my name to this. Yeah, so I don't think it's good. Bad. Good what's happening. No, and and it, it was a big week for WWE. They announced that Netflix deal. The Rock's mm-hmm. going to be on the board of directors of WWE oh, yeah. UFC yes. company. Yep. Um, they had the Royal Rumble, which I went up to my friend's house and watched and had a great time. Uh, problem is, so Triple H, he's the, the heck is this official title? Chief Creative Officer, because he's pretty much the head writer for all the stuff now. Mm-hmm. So he's Chief Creative Officer. And he's the one that does the press conference at the end. Oh, okay, we had a sold-out crowd. You know, we had, you know, 50,000 people in the building, and we made a ton of money for our whole city. And, you know, like, going through all the stats. And then he's like, I want to congratulate these people on winning tonight. And, you know, he he, he does a good job of being the front person for the company here mm-hmm. and giving the company a line. Then he'll open it up to questions. And it's usually stuff like, Oh, uh, do you think you're going to sign this person? Oh, um, what, how did you feel about the reaction tonight? You know, it's usually like connected to the show and not really like hard hitting questions, but it's the day. It was like two days after all the Vince stuff. So he gets asked, he's like, Hey, we had a great week with Netflix and with the rock and with the rumble. I just want to concentrate on positive stuff today. We're not talking about that. And he got in a, he got hit hard on that. They took a stock loss on it and everything, too. I'm like, just even just lie and say, hey, that's an ongoing legal matter. It doesn't it, it involve, you could say it involves the company indirectly. It's against Vince. He's no longer here. But it still involves us. It's an ongoing yep. legal matter. And so I cannot comment on it. Yeah. And, and just say that. Yeah. And let it go. But to be like, ah, that's a negative thing we're not going to talk about. It's like, then you're just dodging it. Mm-hmm. Say, saying I cannot comment on an ongoing legal matter is a perfectly acceptable answer. Yep. You know, he should have just done that. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, oh. his, his PR people should have told him that. And someone should have. But, uh, the, like, they're notorious for, and, and it goes back to Vince, 
Um, and, and WWE, like a lot of longtime people have left and Triple H is setting up his own people and his own, you know, empire and, and yes men and everything. Mm -hmm. He's doing a good job. But one of the things that's always been an issue is they act like they should be this, uh, like, oh, we're a mom and pop company and we don't need to be questioned pretty much. Um, so stuff like people questioning, uh, why'd you put the title on this person? Why this? Oh, I thought this match sucked. Oh, hey, here's a spoiler. This person signed, but they're keeping it secret because they're going to come in. They're like, they don't want wrestling journalists. They don't want people questioning them. It's like, okay, but you're, you call yourself sports entertainment. They're sports reporters and journalists. Mm-hmm. They go and investigate trades or drug issues or injury list or whatever. And they're entertainment journalists that see who's, signed for movie who signed for a new tv show who got fired from a project who sold a you know a, a publishing deal or whatever mm-hmm. you're both so therefore you're gonna have reporters and scrutiny yep but they always try to blow it off and uh, unless they want publicity <laughs> yeah but it's like uh, triple h blowing these interviewers off it's like it, it, it's your own fault this is big news this is a blemish on your company mm-hmm don't blow it off. Yep. And I think, I think it's only going to hurt them worse. I, there's a few things over the years. There was a, I, I shared it online there. Stephanie has Vince's daughter did a promo years ago and she says some like really creepy things that always sounded weird. It's like, who would write that? Mm-hmm. And now we're all kind of looking at it. Like maybe it was true. And like this was her dad being creepy and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know there there was truth to to her words, and then there's stuff like there, there's a very sad story. Um, girl that was very popular in the company when they were still called divas, um, committed suicide a couple of years ago. It was very mm-hmm. depressed. Nothing seemed to happen at all, but she had a lawsuit against them and serious accusations a few years ago. So now that's coming up against like, Oh, was there stuff, you know, we're, we're all kind of wondering if stuff was unsaid and if things more is going to come out. I think more is going to come out. Mm -hmm. I absolutely do. Yeah. It's, but like, all right, if I'm trying to think, cause like seeing Marvel is not quite right. Um, I'm trying to think of someone who has, like, an empire. Uh, okay. Just to make... Just to come up with something. Mm-hmm. Um, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. If it comes out, Robert Kirkman's a terrible person. At this point, is Walking Dead bigger than just him? With all the TV shows, with all the video games, everything else. Like, could I continue to enjoy Walking Dead, even if he's a horrible person? Yeah. Let's say he sold Walking Dead. He no longer gets money from it, technically, kind of. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he sold Walking Dead to someone else. Someone else is in charge of it. And then we find out he's a terrible person. All right, well, Mm -hmm. well, now I got some separation. Could I continue to support it? So kind of like with WWE. All right, we mm-hmm. found out Vince is a horrible person, but it's after he's been removed from the board, he sold the company, he's no longer involved in day-to-day, and now we find out. 
it's like, all right, so the company is apart from him, but it still has his legacy in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 tough, and um, I really feel for for uh, the victim here, the or victims, but the one that's been named. Yeah, because um, man, it sounded like she was in a bad situation. Like she, for, this is just what I heard was that like she was taking care of her parents, like uh-huh. basically out of school because they were dying, and then they did die, and then uh, Vince gave her a job or no. A, fr- a friend of a friend um, contacted Vince and said, hey, could you give this girl a job? She's, she, you know, in a bad way. So he does, and then totally exploits her. Like a predator. Like, it's... Yeah. It's... And, and, and like, you, you know, even if we didn't have sensitive ears nearby, I wasn't going to mention the things that he's being accused of. If the it, listener, if you're interested, you can Google it. But I don't want to discuss it here because it's it's gross. It's it's yeah. But at the same it's, time, it doesn't. So like I don't know. I shouldn't like. I, it doesn't it, surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me because like the I know ex- <clears throat> the extent surprises me. Yes, exactly. Like I know in like his um, using air quotes character on the show or the wrestling shows. Um, you know, he was always the heel. He was the, you know, the the big boss bad guy. Like, I, I, I get that. But now you're finding out, yeah, he really is an evil SOP in, in real life. Like, that's not just a show. That's who he is. He's actually worse than yeah. he's portrayed on the on wrestling. But. Yeah, because this, this girl, so my, my understanding, um, I want to say it was Manhattan, but New York City apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of thing. Vince has an apartment there. Um, he's been separated from his wife for years, but they just didn't bother with being public or doing an actual divorce or anything because there's mm. so much finances involved. Um, she was running for office at one point. Yeah. You know, so they're just like, all right, we have separate lives, but on paper, we're still together just because it benefits both of us financially, you know? Yeah. So this girl has an apartment in the same building now for her to be young not working taking care of her parents the parents had money yeah i'm guessing yeah probably yeah so now all right parents are gone she probably got something but she has to she's used to a certain life Mm -hmm. and can't find a job because her her years where she should have been gaining experience she's not working because she's taking care of the parents so now you got this gap that doesn't look great, especially at that level of income. Mm-hmm. And she's complaining to someone else in the building. I think it was the doorman or something like that. Oh, if you ha- hear any leads, if you know anything, let me know. You know. I'm trying to get my name out there. I'm trying to. And the person said, oh, Vince McMahon's also in this building. Next time I'll see him, I'll ask. So Vince agrees, oh, just have her meet me in my place. Doesn't do it at an office, doesn't do it at the headquarters in Stanford. Have mm-hmm. her meet me at my place. So he's already inviting her in, <clears throat> who's yep. home, apartment, whatever there. But she's like, oh, well, he lives in the building. This is just convenient. Like, he's already starting the grooming. He's, yeah. You know, like, oh, this is weird, but I can accept it. Oh, well, this other thing's weird, but I've already gone this far. If I've already taken five steps, why not take a sixth? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and 
certain people at that level know how to do that and know what they're doing for it. Um, so he, he purposely, like, all right, let me push her a little further. Let me push her a little further. Let me push her a little further. Where's she going to go? She needs a job. She needs money. Parents are gone. Support system is gone. She has nothing. He mm-hmm. had, like, a per, eight. You know, because allegedly, mm-hmm. you know, not not convicted of anything yet, but people of that mindset, it's a slow build. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't start off with doing the horrible things. You slowly break the people down and <clears throat> gain the trust and feel like like they got nowhere else to go other than to you. Yeah, and and have all sorts of threats and everything. Um, and the how do I word this? None of the stuff in the in the details. I don't believe any of that stuff is what really excites him. Like, I don't think it's really what he's into. I think all those things are just power plays. Hmm. I, I think it's about, I'm in charge, how far can I push this? Yeah. What can I do? It's not about actually being excited by these things Mm -hmm. I think it's just the power of holding it over people alright let's the worst thing in there anyone listening just read it the worst thing in there Yeah. there's three people there that power play well word it that way is not just on her it's on that other person in the room too yep because how do you how do you, I'm going to be careful because it makes me sick to think mm-hmm. of it too. So that's part of it. Yeah. How do you get to a point where you can do that pretty much on command? Mm-hmm. How much have you beat her down that she lets, you know, not lets it happen, but accepts it, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. And how messed up is the other person in the room that you just continue? Mm-hmm. Chris, Chris, to be awful for a moment, I don't care how pretty the girl is. <laughs> I've left the room. Yeah, I've left the room long before. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. But does I mean, that other person feel like, oh, I have to go along with this to keep my job? Yeah, because he's my boss. Yeah. Yep. And, and, yeah, not to get into specifics, but, like, I've heard of, of this behavior prior to this like uh, like it's um it's beyond me as well but i'm aware of it Uh, yeah me too and i don't and i don't understand why people would like that sort of thing in any way other than like you say maybe it's a control thing it's it's a power thing but i yeah because i i can make certain leaps i can be like okay i i'm 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 not going as far as these people, but I can see A leads to B leads to C. Yeah. There's certain things I'm like, okay, it's not for me, but I can see how you get there. You know, I stopped before you did. Yeah. (laughs) For some reason that wasn't enough and you kept going. Yeah. All right, fine, whatever. And for the most part, my attitude is as long as everyone's of age and of sound Mm -hmm. mind and consensual, I don't care. Yeah. You know, it doesn't affect me at all. Legal and 
not, you know, under duress or altered mm-hmm. state or whatever. Do whatever. But that's not this at all. No. Like, it is broken down, feels like there's no way out, and ex- accepting these bad things to happen until literally, it, like, from deep dive in the read, it's, it was practically killing her. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and she's and, losing weight, she's losing her hair, she's can't get out of bed anymore. Well, and the thing is, like, people are like, you know, like, I can see people saying, you know, well, you know, she doesn't have to live in that condo. She doesn't have, you know, like, she could have just taken some money and that was left to her and, and do something else. But it's like, yeah, but when you grow up in that and that's all you know, like, that way of life, you can't imagine going below that, right? So, you know, and unfortunately, Vince McMahon preyed on that. You know, like, he knew that this girl was, this this woman, I don't want to say girl, uh, this young woman, because she's considerably younger than him. He's 78 years old. Yeah, and, she's mid-20s, and that just bo- during all this. Yeah, and that just boggles my mind. Like, my grandpa, when he passed away, he was 78 years old, and he was a wonderful human being that would never have done something like this. And Vince McMahon, like, he... Uh, I don't know. He's, he's, he's evil. He's an evil person. Well, and, and, and the things like, you know, the, the worst of it that we're not going to talk about and other things in there. All right. Think of, think, think in a good way. Okay. Uh, think back to being young. First time you kissed a girl, you're all nervous. You're scared. Mm -hmm. You're, you're second guessing everything. It feels like it took an hour of like getting up your courage and getting up your strength and, and being able to do it. And then, and that's just first kiss. And then think of other times, you know, your first for other things mm-hmm. and scared and the nervousness and the anxiety and, and it's taking forever and all. None of the stuff in what I'm reading sounded like he was hesitant. Yeah. He, for he, any had, of this, he had been experienced. Not the first time. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the irony is, like, I mean, he was, you know, aside from when he was, like, uh, you know, doing the ringside stuff, like, in the early days, you know, as soon as he started getting involved, he was always kind of the bad guy, right? Now, the irony yeah. is he was a bad guy all along, for real. Like, it wasn't it wasn't just an act. Um, so, in, in that way, it's kind of, this situation's a little different, like, you know, like a few years ago when the allegations against Michael Jackson came out, you know, and, uh, I mean, it, the allegations started coming out before he passed away, mm. but, you know, growing up, you know, most people, including myself, looked up to Michael Jackson or, or, or Bill Cosby, you know, uh, yeah. he was America's dad. I loved Bill Cosby as a kid. And then to find out he was a monster, you know, it was shocking, but this it's like, well, he was always kind of a monster on screen. So it's shocking hearing the details, but not shocking that, that it, it was him, I guess. Now that's, that's an interesting angle though. Like, because he's portrayed as a bad guy in TV, Mm -hmm. then 
finding out he's a bad guy in life doesn't have the shock factor, even though these are shocking things. Yeah. It doesn't have the shock factor of this nice person is being accused of bad things. Yeah. The the shocking thing is how grotesque the details are. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, I'm trying to even think of, like, a real villain for, you know, fictional villain for something. Um, I'm just having trouble. But, it, it, yeah, like, if there was a... God, I'm trying to even think of something. Because um, I've, I've got the Walking Dead thing in my mind. I want to say, mm-hmm. like, all right, what if the actor who played Negan turned out to be a bad person? But it's freaking Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so that doesn't work. Yeah. But, yeah, like, oh, here's this actor who's played a horrible, villainous person on, you know, this popular TV show for 10 years, and then when we find out he's a terrible person in real life, it's like, yeah, all right, yeah, sure, he's terrible. We already know that. Yeah. It it gets dismissed because of the well, non-separation of fantasy and reality. Well, the thing with Vince McMahon, too, is it's different because he's portraying himself on screen. Like yeah. He's, he's not playing a character. Like, he, like, that's... He's playing a caricature of himself. So he is, you know, Vince McMahon. Like, a, a, you know, he's not playing, you know... Vince McRoberts or something like he's playing himself um so that's where it's you know a little different yeah it's it there's no like honestly there's no one like him in in pop culture I, not, not that I can think of where he's no, play, no, where he's have... playing himself as a villain but he's actually evil in real life yeah I mean people will you know like I know people say well Donald Trump but no Donald Trump I don't think donald trump is even close to being like vince mcmahon oh they do hang out they they do and that's a uh yeah that's a whole other can of worms but anyway i didn't want to get (laughs) i didn't want to get political but um but yeah i don't think there's any anyone like him really no that's an excellent point you're you're portraying a fictional version of yourself as an evil person but it's still you yep like as much as you want to separate TV from reality, the lines are very blurred here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we find out you are terrible, but again, the lines are blurred. So it's like we already knew. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a weird situation, but yeah. hopefully, you know, if these, again, these are allegations. Um, but I mean, like you said, there's been whispers of years previous, you know, previously from other people that there was some shady stuff going on so i don't know i uh if if it's true hopefully there's some justice there i i i think i made the joke online today i'm like how many people does it take to make a class action lawsuit but i absolutely think there's going to be some people that you know they're out of the wrestling world or they work for another company and they're financially set Mm-hmm. that are going to come out and say, you know, I'm adding my name to this too. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho, um, so speaking of Bill, well, I think this guy's a billionaire. I'm pretty sure. Um, American. And I believe you mentioned him before American YouTuber, Mr. Beast. 
Yeah. Um, funded the construction of 100 water wells across five countries in Africa recently. Yeah. I, th- I think in December. Like, I, like I have no idea who this guy is. Um, <laughs> I've, I've heard you mention him. Is he? It, it, did you guys go to his burger place? Is that? The, yes, we did. Okay. Okay. I was thinking. I think he, he has something to do with burgers too. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I have no idea what this guy's like. I, all I know is he's he's rich, he's popular, and he's doing good shit, man. Like a hundred water wells across five countries in Africa, like that's amazing. But even, but then I guess people are still kind of crapping on the guy. Yep. You know, and it's like really, really. You know, there's people that are are dying in Africa, you know, due to dehydration, and this guy is. Like literally, millions of people are going to benefit from this, and and you're going to crap on them. Like I like it's like I have no like I got no bone to pick. I got no horse to jump on here. I like I have other than you mentioning him, Kevin. I have no idea who this guy is. All I know is this one good act is amazing, and kudos to him. Like he's, so he. He started out with his main channel when he was a teenager. And he's very smart with, he had goals. Mm-hmm. In a year, I would like to have this many subscribers. In five years, I'd like to have this many. In ten, and so on. Um, And he's doing random stuff to try to get views. And mm-hmm. the one that broke was, I think he counted to a million. Or something like that. He just kept the camera going and, and sped it up a bit for the video. I think it took him like 24 hours to do it. Hmm. And the video goes viral. He's like, well, why would someone do that? Alright. So then he takes the money. I finally had a video go viral. And he starts investing it in what can I do next? Mm-hmm. And then he'll take the money because YouTube will pay because you got the advertising on it and all. Yeah. And then he takes whatever from each video and uses it to try to fund something interesting on the next one. Um, he did one before he blew up real big. Um, there's one we watch where he tries to be underwater for 24 hours. Like, you, you know, in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where they invert the boat and they yep. get the air pocket. Yep. He's pretty much trying to be in an air pocket for, for 24 hours. Yeah. And it was fascinating. He had a, he couldn't do it because one the the air ratio, you know, as he's breathing out, he ends up losing the ratio of mm-hmm. oxygen that he has in there and get kind of lightheaded and all. But then just like the irritation in the water, the cramps, all sorts of stuff that's bothered mm-hmm. him in there, you know. Um, and then he gets his friends involved, like, hey, I'm going to do this stunt. I need some people with me. So he has his friends involved, and they're just a silly little group that gets more attention. Yep. Uh, so now he's getting advertisers too, so we can do bigger and bigger things. So like, uh, the last second to last video that he did, uh, time of recording, he told a guy, um, here's what was, it? I think it was 200, either 250,000 or 500,000. And he has, you know, prop cash. It's not actual currency. Mm-hmm. He's like, here's, all this money it's in a container you have 24 hours to protect the container and then we're firing tanks at it Hmm. you have to see if you can save the money 
So it was amazing. This guy, and he's like, here's my card. There's no limit on it. So this guy's taking 24 hours to like buy, uh, scrap cars, um, pools of water, like building barricades out of the cinder blocks, like anything to protect his money from it. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. You got to watch it though. Cause it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And he, he'll get like 10 million views the first day and it keeps going up. So then he's taking the money he makes from those. Cause now he's making a fortune off of these videos. Yeah. And he uses that to fund a separate YouTube channel called beast philanthropy. That about every two to three weeks, he has a new video up of here's something good we're doing in the world. They did the wells. They paid for a thousand people to have cataract surgery so they could see again. Hmm. They took uh, different schools in Africa and bought shoes for everyone or bought bikes for everyone. Um, they, they, uh, had, they teamed up with a rescue center and got a hundred dogs adopted. Uh, hired and flew out Dave Batista to come help them with it. That's like awesome. just good things. Yeah. And he partners up with companies. He's like, Hey, we partnered with this bike company. They donated a hundred bikes. We took those hundred bikes to this African village so people can use them to get around. Mm-hmm. And then we bought even more. We partnered with a shoe company. They gave us all these shoes. We flew to give them to people that needed it. So, and the videos, those videos get millions of views too. So then he takes the advertising revenue and uses it to fund doing even more. And he's very smart with, like, he'll sit down and figure out, okay, if the still image on YouTube, if I'm not smiling, I get this many views, but if I am smiling, I get more views. And he'll go through and fix all the previous videos so he's smiling in the still image to increase views. Hmm. Like, he's really smart with all this and, and the algorithms and the detail of it. But uh the Wells, some of the countries in Africa, their leaders said... How dare you do this? It makes us look bad. Yeah. And he's like, screw you. Then you should have done it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so it, it, I'm yeah. the bad guy because I did something that you couldn't bother to do. Yeah. And then other ones are like, oh, here he comes, the white savior. He's yeah. like, then you do it. Yeah, exactly. Then you, you do it. Like, how dare you? And, well, and the, the cataracts one, he's helping blind people see. Oh, you're saying so blind is a handicap? Yes, it literally yeah. is. Yeah. You know who's not going to say no to having cataract surgery so they can see again? Anyone with cataracts. Yeah, exactly. My two, The two things that I enjoy for entertainment is comics and wrestling. If I couldn't see, I, there goes my enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, yeah, if you told me if you have the surgery, you can see again and enjoy this stuff again, then if I lost my hearing, I could handle it because I can still see this thing. Yeah. You know, so someone comes along and says, we'll pay for the surgery so you can all have your life again. Mm-hmm. Where's the harm in that? Yeah. And, and and for anyone like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. He comes in like, he doesn't come in like he's the savior. He doesn't come in like he, people owe him anything. Mm-hmm. He just wants to do good. And it's wholesome. That now, to go back a little bit, 
for sake of me and for sake of my kid, if anything bad came out about him, it would break us at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. But like, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he's, he hasn't done like stupid things or missteps. Like, there's learning, oh, yeah. there's adapting, there's, you know, like, hey, I thought this was a good thing or funny thing in the moment, and it's not. Yeah. There's for any, anything where I'm like, all right, that was kind of dumb is forgivable stuff. Yeah. If you ever did anything actually horrible, it would break us. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, honestly, a guy that's willing to do these kind of things, I don't think he's got skill into, into his closet. Like, honestly, like, you know, and it, it's funny, like it, yeah, it's these, these politicians and these other rich a-holes getting mad about it. And it's like, honestly, like I, like, there's oh you know conspiracy theories that the government governments are trying to keep us down, trying to keep us poor and hungry and thirsty because then mm. they can control us. So when I hear politicians saying stuff like that, like you're making us look bad, it's like, but why didn't why didn't you do something before then? You know, like if you if 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 uh, you had the capability of doing something, then why didn't you do it? Well, I mean, here we are, uh, again, we said we weren't doing politics, but here we go. Mm. Uh, this is a big election year in the U.S. Mm. Yeah. You know, we'll have presidential one in November. There'll be other races, of course. But as people are starting to run their campaign ads and get noticed now, all that's been accomplished is fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing bills passed. I'm not seeing legislation. I'm not seeing, like... Uh, movements to advance society or new programs or new benefits or anything. It's just fighting with each other. Yep. Well, well you, you converted the whole thing of, it may as well be the Super Bowl also coming up here of it's us versus them. It's my team versus your team, but it's not, it shouldn't be a competition. It should be, Hey, I have this idea. I have this other idea. Let's meet the two ideas somewhere in the middle and see if we can come to an agreement on something that works for both of us and helps society move forward. Mm-hmm. That's what it's supposed to be. And it hasn't been in a while because it's us versus them. Rah, rah, my team wins. Yep. You suck. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and, and Canada's no different. Like, I, I actually posted... Was it on my birthday? I posted a thing about uh, decorum in, in Parliament because, like, I'm watching, you know, these debates because, you know, Parliament just got back in session uh, <clears throat> following Christmas. And, you know, they're yelling at each other. They're not answering questions. They're, and I'm like, I don't care what part, you know, because, I mean, I got my, my parties that I support. But even my the parties I support, it's like, you guys need to do better. Like, you guys are supposed to be there. You're paid to represent us. We're paying you to get things done. And when you're yelling at each other, not listening, not working thing, you know, working things out, things are constantly not getting resolved. You're not working for us anymore. And you need to go. One of um, one of my friends said that he wishes music in stores when there's still CDs and, mm-hmm. you know, music to buy in stores was not separated by genre, but was rather just straight-up alphabetical no matter what. 
mm-hmm. because then you're going to go through and you're going to find something like, oh, this looks interesting. I want to listen to it. Yeah. Whereas if it was labeled as country or pop or metal or rap or whatever, certain audience is not going to get it because of the genre it's put into. Yeah. But if they just saw it minus the genre, no labels, and just saw the name of the artist and the cover, they'd say, this looks interesting. I want to get it. Mm-hmm. Now, my similar spinoff here is if we could, it'll never happen, but if we could re- remove parties at all from politics, oh, hey, here's Smith running for something. Here's Jones running for something. I don't know what political party they're a member of, so I actually have to pay attention to what they say in their message mm-hmm. to decide if I like them, not just blindly voting because they're a member of the party I want to support. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But any, anyway. Yeah. No, like, yeah. It's just <laughs> How did we get on this topic? We said yeah. we weren't going to All right. Well, let's... Oh. I had one more more thing, one more news item. Uh, I, I saw this on, on um, YouTube shorts or whatever. But yeah, actor, I wonder if it's something I saw too. Uh, is, did it involve LeVar Burton? No. Okay. So LeVar Burton, who, you know, I know as, you know, Geordie LaForge from Star Trek mm-hmm. Next Generation, uh, he was also, you know, the host of Reading Rainbow, and he was, uh, I'm, I'm hoping I say his character's name right, Kuda Kente? Yep. Uh, on Roots back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently he was part of, I don't know, it, it must have been like a special on 60 Minutes or one of those kind of shows where they did DNA testing on certain cele- on certain celebrities to see um, their lineage and so on. And LeVar Burton found out that his great-great-grandpa, one of, one of his great-great-grandpas was actually a white guy. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and he took two commercial DNA tests, and both of them said that he's got he's, his great... And they actually found the guy. Like, they found, like, a picture of who his great-great-grandpa was. So, yeah. He he didn't take it well, to be, to be honest with you. Um, he told... Uh, I can't remember who the host was. He's like, you know, if you had told me this before... I probably would have punched you. Like he was, he was not happy. Uh, he was almost crying. Um, but yeah, he just found out that he's actually part white. And I don't know. Some of the comments on on the video were like calling him uh, like a like a black racist person um, because he's like. They think he's anti-white, but I I don't know. Like I I've, I've met Lavar Burton a couple times. Like he's he was super nice to me and my son, and I don't think he's racist at all. I think it's just shocking when you when you grow up thinking you know you have this heritage and then find out actually you know uh you you got some some different uh, DNA in there. Um, I know when I did mine. I think I found out, I got some Spanish descendants, I think, I think it was Spanish, but, you know, I, I found out, like, I thought I had more Scottish roots, but I actually have some Irish roots as well, so, you know, like, that's, that's the neat thing about doing these DNA tests, is finding this out, but I, I, I can imagine a guy who played a slave in, in roots, 
you know, one of the most iconic miniseries ever done for television, um, finds out that he's actually has some white ancestry. I guess like that, that would be shocking. I would think, um, but I just found it interesting, you know, that, uh, and, and the host said, I forget what statistic he pulled, but he's like, you know, most African Americans that come from, uh, you know, that have roots in, uh, America, actually most most of them do have white, some white ancestry along the way. So, so there were a few thoughts. Um, I forget where I heard it. I can't remember if I heard the story firsthand or if it was in something. Doesn't matter though. But, uh, the story is that there was a family that was very big with their Italian heritage. Mm, yeah. You know, um, uh, for holidays, for the food that they ate, for the church that they go to, for, uh, you know, all their beliefs and everything. And, Mm-hmm. Very big on their Italian heritage. And one of them did one of the DNA test things, and there wasn't any Italian in them. In fact, they're mostly German. And they just hmm. felt like, well, this test must be wrong. And they were able to track through family, you know, whoever was still alive. And it was pretty much that, like, World War One, World War Two, whatever, they gave, they were German, but they didn't want to be associated with it, and just said they were Italian and changed their name. But now we're a few generations later and that detail was forgotten. And they were just like, you know, felt like they were lied to their whole lives. Here's who I thought I was. It's nothing against German culture other than, you know, that time frame. Mm -hmm. But it's nothing against German culture. It's nothing against Italian culture. It's just, here's how I was raised. Here's what I thought was true. And now I'm an adult finding out that's not true and I can't handle it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, this, this whole, everything, my, now I'm questioning everything in my life. Well, I, I don't think, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I could totally, I could totally understand that. Like, especially when you go your whole life thinking, you know, like I, and I, I guess this also applies to LeVar Burton, you know, you go your whole life thinking you're one type of heritage, right? And then to yeah. find out that you're not at all, you know, like I, I have a friend who's like his family's italian and like his parents came from italy and like they're very italian yeah like they go to sunday mass you know catholic church catholic weddings um my friend will not step into an olive garden he absolutely hates olive garden he thinks it's like he says olive garden for italians isn't even what mcdonald's is for hamburgers like he just hates it yeah. Like if his, but if he found out that he wasn't actually Italian, I know that would devastate him. Definitely. But I guess like for me, cause I'm like a Heinz 57 type of guy. Like I, you know, I've, I'm mostly native, but I've got, you know, I've got, um, English, Scottish, Irish, I guess. I didn't realize I had that in my background, a little bit of Spanish, I guess, you know, I got a bunch of different backgrounds, but I always knew, like, my my grandpa Lockhart was, his his mom was Scottish, his dad was English, and my mater, maternal grandpa, he is 
mom was Danish and his dad was French. So, like, I always knew, like, I had those, you know, backgrounds besides the native in me. So, like, you know, I'm I'm accepting of all cultures, you know, like that. Just having so many different backgrounds, you kind you kind of just are. But yeah, I guess if you're just one, you know, African American or Italian, and then you find out you're not or not completely, I guess it would be quite devastating. Especially live, you know, and you're in front of strangers pretty much when you're seeing. When you're getting the results for this TV special, you're not going to have a perfect reaction to it. Yeah. Well, I, oh. I and I've seen something similar. It, it's it's not quite the same, but a, um, this one lady, she found out that her mom is actually her grandma, and that her mom is her sister. Her older sister is actually her mom. Yep. And, I mean, stuff like that used to happen all the time. Like, all the time. Um, you know, like, if, if you know, especially back in the days when, you know, churches were very prevalent in communities. You know, if a, if a daughter got pregnant, she would just go away for yeah. a year to go live with relatives. And then the mom would go, you know, for a visit. And then, oh, she, she was pregnant and she came back with a baby. And then... They just don't talk about it, right? But nowadays, with yeah, the DNA testing, like, man, that find out that your mom's not your mom, that she's actually your grandma, like that, like that's got to be devastating. Oh, there's there's few of those growing up that I question. It wasn't my place to actually ask the people involved because it wasn't my family. It's just you know the community. Yeah. There's few that we we all wondered, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Lavar for the other things uh i don't think he is racist at no all no white people i don't think you can do reading rainbow and star trek and be racist you have one show that taught a generation of kids to use their brains and read and think mm-hmm. and then you have another show that taught the joy of science and exploration yep both of them, like, it doesn't matter what we look like or any physical differences because together, mentally, intelligently, we can do anything. Exactly. And, and he being a champion of both shows. Not yeah. happening. Well, and, and also, and like, uh, said, and just ahead. real, I just want to interject real quick. Like, and like I said, like, and what we were talking about, like, his devastation comes from, yeah, like believing that you're, you're, you know, you're African American through and through and then finding out that no you're not you know like it's it what it wasn't because you know he was racist it's because he's just you know didn't realize that this was part of his life this whole time you know i mean he's like in his 70s and he's finding this out now well there's my other thought so assuming a certain age for him and we're talking great grandparents Mm -hmm. so let's go back far enough there's a good chance that wasn't consensual. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think it's a, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's white ancestry in my bloodline. I think it was, oh, I can't believe I come, I'm a product of something potentially awful. Yeah. You know, um, descendants of Sally Hemings, hey, it means you're also a descendant of Thomas Jefferson, but it's not a love story. Yeah. Yeah. 
anyway, I just I just thought that was interesting. But yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, did you have any uh, geek news this week, Kev? Okay. Well, so, some someone's asleep. Oh, okay. Finally, so I can say it because I'm not telling him. So we'll get to it uh, when we get to the segment later on. But I'll start with uh, we watched the new DC animated one, mm. animated movie, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One. Okay. There's going to be three movies over 2024 doing an animated version of Crisis. Yes, stuff has to change. Stuff has, anytime you change format, things have to change because it flows better or worse. Mm-hmm. We've all accepted that at this point. It leaked. I, I heard it mentioned. I stopped by the comic store just to say hi to people, and I heard it mentioned then. And then I saw an article today. That Do, do you mind a possible spoiler for the series? Yep, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. The leaked word is before his death, Kevin Conroy recorded audio for this, for part three. Really? As classic DC animated Batman. Oh, wow. Which means the end of this crossover might be a true crisis on infinite Earths and bring in characters from other DC animated properties. Yeah. Which is what we were hoping the whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. But the fact that this might be, if this is true, it could be his last recorded audio as Batman showing up Batman animated style. Who knows who else? Do you bring in Superman? Do you bring in like Justice League Unlimited? If we're, if we know that happens, then how far are we going with this? Do you bring in like the Super Friends? Do you do like Teen Titans Go? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, don't, I, I mean, we were watching this anyways, and I'll talk about it when we get to, you know, what we've enjoyed since rec- last recording. But I'm very curious. I mean, like, I already bought this one day one when it came out, so we would have it to watch. And two and three, no dates named yet. No dates at all yet. I'm guessing two sometime in the summer and part three by, like, Christmas is yeah. my guess for how they're going to release them. Yeah. But, like, buy them right away. I'm not telling my kid because I just want him to go nuts when all of a sudden different characters from different shows that he's also seen show up all at once. Yep. Yeah, no, that that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping it's true. Yeah, me too. I I, I miss Kevin Conroy. It's, it sucks losing losing our Batman's. But anywho, Kev, did you have any other news before we move on to Brain Candy? Not that I can think of here. All right, so let's move on to Brain Candy. So, Kev, uh, I'll get you to continue. What uh, What are you enjoying this week? Okay. <laughs> so oh, I'll go back to what I was just talking about there. Uh, Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, uh, right now on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Not, uh, not streaming yet, but they're going to get those sales first. Mm. Yeah. So... Uh, DC's current animated movie series is called The Tomorrowverse. Uh, there's a Superman movie, there's two Batman movies for it, um, there's a Justice League War World, there's Justice Society, which takes place during World War II. They all have a certain uh, art style to it. Um, the best way I can describe it is like the lines are thicker 
the the you know black lines of animation for like just drawing a body, drawing a background, drawing a face. Mm-hmm. Lines are thicker. I, I would say that's the the different style for this one. Once you're used to it, it works. Um, so they start with Justice League, and it's involves Flash because if you're doing a crisis story, you have to have Flash. Mm-hmm. And it starts off really interesting. Like he's in the lab. It's Barry Allen's not Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Barry Allen. He's in the lab. Everything's a mess. Everything's destroyed. And he hears someone say, go back to the beginning. And he looks and it's a shadowy figure. And then you find out later on, it's flash moving through time and different realities and, you know, things that have happened. Um, because as he's running faster, he's like, they say it like time skipping. Mm-hmm. I think is what they called it. He's popping up. He's not traveling in a straight line. He's popping up somewhere and then going back. So the movie keeps you off balance until you realize what's going on. Um, he ends up time skipping. He's on the planet with the uh, evil version of Justice League. Like Superman's Ultraman. Yeah. Wonder Woman is Superwoman. Batman's Owlman. All that. Um, as their planet is in danger of falling apart being part of that antimatter wave destroying all the universes um so flash is jumping trying to figure out other things monitor shows up um harbinger shows up if you've read the original crisis like everyone's getting on the page here mm-hmm. um they collect all the heroes of the world to try to figure out a plan to save theirs so we're pausing it and trying to figure out all the heroes on there. There's people on here who have never been in anything adapted ever before. Like nothing animated before, nothing live mm-hmm. action before, nothing. Like all of a sudden we're watching it. I'm like, okay, there's Batman, there's Superman, there's the ones I expect. There's an alternate version, Superman. Okay, saw that coming. And then I'm like, okay, there's Doom Patrol, which I didn't expect to show up on here. But alright, there's Doom Patrol show. And then there's Challengers of the Unknown <laughs> randomly in the background of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Condor, The Ray, like uh, more and more obscure DC characters as it goes along. Oh, there's Blue Devil. There's um, Doll Man. <laughs> you know, like all sorts of random ones. I'm like, this is just fun. So, like, we spent a good 30 minutes probably pausing every group scene and seeing if we could figure out who every character is on there. Um, But it's the big crisis. Universes are going away. Flash is the center point to save stuff. And then there's a random homeless man who does magic and says, Flash, this all started with you. Now, they never come out and say it, but the previous movie universe, the DC animated movie universe, mm-hmm. ends with John Constantine telling Flash to run again to try to reset the universe. Hmm. And then there's an epilogue, like a short story DVD extra in one of them, where the Spectre confronts Constantine for what he's done messing with time. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, a new animated universe started. Yeah. And then here's what's going to be the end of that new animated universe with some random homeless guy who does magic telling Flash go back to the beginning so we can get this right. Like, mm. holy crap, they're already tying in two of them. 
Yeah. In theory. It was like, it's only 90 minutes. Absolute blast. We were so excited for it. We'll probably watch it again before the second one comes out. But, I mean, there's no, like, you could never do Crisis as a movie. Ever. No. I um, like the, I like the Arrow versus version of it. For a TV budget, mm-hmm. it worked. Yeah. But this is going to be the closest we're ever going to get to adapting the comic. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the Arrowverse, it had some great moments. Like when Kevin, yeah. Kevin Cronroy was in it, uh, live action, that was cool. Um, but probably, honestly, the best scene was, uh, I don't know, he's not very popular, but when Ezra Miller showed up. Yep. And then, you know, the Fl- Arrowverse Barry tells him, you know, you're the Flash. And the Flash, what's that? Well, that's what what we're called, and and because I never really realized it until that point that in the Snyderverse movies up to that point they'd never given him a name. Yeah. Um, so then he, so in the sec, you know, the Flash movie that came out, um, he's calling himself the Flash now, based on what happened in that Arrowverse crossover. So I thought that was cool. I, I like that little tie-in. Oh yeah, there's stuff I definitely like, but you're not. James Gunn's not going to be able to pull off Crisis like, no. like Marvel did. Anymore. No. This is not going to happen. I mean, they could have had they done things properly. But, I mean, that's years of building. Yeah. And now it's, they, like I said, they, they screwed up their DC cinematic universe. So, but no, um, yeah, this animated movie sounds awesome. Oh, I'm definitely oh. going to check it out. Totally worth it. Absolutely worth it. Ninety minutes doesn't feel like it at all. Felt like thirty. It just flew by. Yeah. Well, I find that with the DC animated movies, like I love, like I have such a good time watching them. It's like in a blink of an eye, it's over. It's like, oh man, really? Yeah. Well, that's that's why we were able to get through like three a day because yeah. I mean, yeah, granted, it still it takes up real time. Even yeah. Though it doesn't feel like it. It does take up real time. But you don't feel like sometimes you watch a movie, you're like, I'm done. I'm exhausted yep. from watching that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no matter how long it is, like, I want something else, anything else right now. But these were so fun. It's like, let's keep going. Let's mm-hmm. watch another one, then another. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, now, speaking of slogging through stuff, and I'm going to end up doing something on my site as I put my thoughts together. I, I've been planning this article for a while. But I finally finished Big Bang Theory. Mm. all 12 seasons and then what I will frequently do with something like that that was on for so long and I've watched all of is when I watch the last episode I'll go back and watch the first one mm-hmm. I won't continue past the first episode but like alright I just watched the very last episode let me go back to first and kind of remind me of where it all started and where the characters were at and how they've evolved and how the show's evolved since then too and the last season of Big Bang Theory, because I, I had thoughts already. Um, for the course of the show, I think it would have only lasted three seasons, maybe four, if they didn't start adding the other girls to the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely changed the dynamic show, brought new life into it, brought new interaction, really made it work. Around season, let's see, it went for 12. Around like nine or 10, um, as we're used to all the girls and everything's been done there around nine or 10, they start changing that dynamic where 
Penny is like the protective older sister of Sheldon. Mm-hmm. And not, she's not like, oh, I'm the neighbor and I'm the girlfriend of Leonard of the other one there. Yeah. But, like, she becomes like a protective older sister and it really changes it. It's like, okay, yes, he drives me nuts too. Yes, he's annoying. Yes, he's all this stuff. But that's my little brother. I can mess with him, but no one else can. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was enjoying that. And then the last season, there's some stuff I love because it's like, okay, you, you've now spent years with these characters and with this story. So there was a lot of tying up loose ends, um, even some fan service stuff of like, all right, we've made these jokes, these references, the entire series, let's make it pay off, mm-hmm. you know, closing out some things, um, just making sure you know where everyone stands at the end of it. And a lot of that stuff I like, but then there was also some other stuff where I'm like, are you trying to make me hate you on the way out? Mm-hmm. Like, are you trying to take me off on the way out? So I, I, you know, um, if, if the last thing you said to me is something that upset me, then I'm not going to miss you. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, want you back. Like there was a lot of things in that last season that I'm like, I don't like where we're going here. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't the last season that continued that way, I think I would have tapped out. So I'm kind of still putting my thoughts together for it. Now I will say, uh, I think the last time I watched all of this sitcom and got to the end was How I Met Your Mother, and I hated the mm. ending so bad. I've yep. never, I've not watched a second of that show since because I got so mad at that ending. Big Bang Theory is not doing that to me. Uh, in the States, it's very often on right before wrestling on some of the channels. If yep. I turn early, I'll sit through the rest of the episode. No problem with it. Someone else has it on, I'll enjoy it. There's so many episodes. There's a lot. I'm like, I have no, I know I watched this episode. I have no recollection of it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. But that just happens when there's a lot of episodes of anything. Yeah. So I don't, I don't hate it. I was okay with it. But I've spent so much time with it. And I think it's such a big part of geek culture of the last 15 years that mm-hmm. it has to be addressed. I don't think it's a champion of geek, geek culture. I think it mocks it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it supports it. But I'm leaning towards it. It did it, but I don't think it was doing it in a mean way. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, I didn't stick with it, uh, but I know like my dad loved it. That was one of his go-to shows. So yeah, my dad enjoys the hell out of it too. Yeah, and uh, last year, well, twenty twenty-two now, so it's twenty twenty-four. Um, when he took me to a giant comic store where he lives, mm-hmm. that was how he was relating to it. Hmm. Like, yeah. oh, I've seen comic stores on Big Bang Theory. I've seen the people talk comics. And that was his, you know, baseline for trying to understand it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and I remember, um, I told the story, but, uh, taking my son to, uh, a convention. It was all the way back in 2012. And, um, Will Wheaton was there. And I, I got my picture taken with him. And my son was with me. And I'm like, he's like, who is this? I'm like, Will Wheaton. And he's like, oh, from the Big Bang Theory. 
<laughs> like, he had no clue that he was from Star Trek. I'm like, no, Will Wheaton from Star Trek. Oh, no, he's on the Big Bang Theory. I'm like, I know he is, but he's actually from Star Trek originally. But Yeah. Yeah, but that's how he knew him, so... Um, but yeah, no, it, it, uh, I, I didn't hate it, but I mean, um, it's just one of those shows I kind of dropped off on and maybe I'll pick up one of these days, you know, I kind of did that with like friends and different shows over the years. And then I went back and rewatched the ones I didn't see, but, but anyway, Kev, did you have anything else for brain candy? No, I mean, now, now I need a, wait, a no. Um, but now I need another, like, half hour, you know, nothing show. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, well, I need an hour show. I need to decide what hour show I'm doing. But I also need something that's like, all right, I'm not quite ready for bed, but I don't want anything that's going to make me think. Yeah. Um, as I was, my kid was asking about Seth MacFarlane stuff earlier. Um, I am debating that TED series. That does look funny. I've heard good things. I've heard good things too. Yeah. I never watched the second movie, so part of me also was like, maybe I'll rewatch the two. Well, rewatch the first one, watch the second one, and then yeah. go into this. Yeah, because yeah, I I never I never watched number two either. I've seen clips, but I did watch the first one when it came out. But but anywho, uh, for me this week, I don't have a whole lot for brain candy. Um, my daughter is rewatching, or she's watching for the first time breaking bad so on my days off uh there was uh so, a bunch of times that she had the tv and she was watching breaking bad and i was re-watching it with her so she's at the first part of season five so it's been kind of kind of neat going back and watching a few episodes here and there as she as she's doing her rewatch, or she's doing her watch my wife is doing her rewatch. Because she watched the series originally when it aired, same as me. Uh, but we've never really gone back to rewatch it because then Better Call Saul came out, and I just kind of, you know, kept up with that. But it's it's still great. Uh, Brian Cranston's still amazing. Um, but I did read a new comic book recently. It came out a couple weeks ago, and it's called. Um, Beware the Planet of the Apes. So Marvel has the uh, license now because they own 20th Century Fox, or Disney owns 20th Century Fox, which owns Marvel, and now Marvel has the rights to the Planet of the Apes franchise. So this series actually takes place um, before the original movie. So it's in the original movie series universe, but it takes place before the first movie. Um, so it's, uh, by Mark Guggenheim and Alvaro Lopez, um, one issue so far. It came out, uh, like I said, a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I'm a huge fan of the original Planet of the Apes franchise. I don't mind the new movies, they're okay. Uh, definitely better than the Tim Burton movie. I hated that movie. Um, I almost fell asleep watching it. Like, it was, it was, yeah, I just, I'm not a fan of that movie at all um but i'm a fan of the original planet of the apes first five movies and anytime that they do something with that whether it's a like boom studios had the comic book license so they did some 
some comic books based in that time frame. Uh, there was a writer, uh, oh, what the heck's his name again? I'm blanking on his name. He wrote a couple of apes books that I, I that I picked up that were fantastic. One, um, the death of the planet of the apes. Um, what was the other one called? It was like it. It was like a cross between a graphic novel and a, and a novel because it, it had pictures and paintings in it and stuff uh, based on what was being described in the in the book itself. Uh, so it was kind of like a novella, but with uh, with uh, nice pictures in it. Um, damn. Oh, uh, Gaska, uh, Andrew Gaska. I want to say his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's an author and yeah, like I, I actually, when I uh, read his book, Death of the Planet of the Apes, I actually reached out to him on social media and told him like, I was blown away. It was, it was such a great companion piece to the original for the, the first two original movies. And he actually, and responded to me and we actually had a little bit of a dialogue there for a little bit. It was, it was awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, though this, this comic book series by Marvel is is also very good. So if you're if you're a fan of the original Planet of the Apes movies, check it out. Um, and also, if you want to check out my blog, check out Chris's weekly comic book picks at randomnerdness.blogspot.com. I try and post weekly. I'm reducing my comic consumption. Um, so right now, things I'm reading regularly is World's Finest from DC Comics by Mark Wade. Um... Oh, I'm trying to blank on the artist now. Great artist. Um, and also Mark Wade does the Shazam book, um, which is also fantastic. Uh, there's Jason Aaron just uh, moved over to DC Comics, and he's uh, started with a Batman series called Batman Offworld. So basically it's what happens if Batman got abducted by aliens. It It's really cool. It's a really cool concept. Um and I've been reading the Fantastic Four. Uh, I've been reading the Conan series from Titan Comics. It's been great. Um, I feel like there's something I'm forgetting. But anyway, uh, check out check them out on uh, Chris Weekly Comic Book Picks over at my blog. So I guess we can call this an episode, Kev. Um <laughs> So I told them already where you can check out my blog at randomnerdist.blogspot.com. But Kev, uh, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on most of the social medias as at Hellions Team at hellionsteam.com is my blog. Excellent. Excellent. And like I said um, during the episode, at some point we're going to get back to the Pop Culture Pub. We're going to be talking about 80s movies. I got a episode planned called Chris's Mind Blowers. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Hopefully we'll be recording that in, in February. We got a new episode of Trek 1701 coming in February. Uh, so yeah, pretty much every week there'll be something here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. So, uh, be sure to check that out. So on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, and my co-host, Kevin Decent, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Fallout Reloaded. This was the news and discussion podcast for Geeks by Geeks. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.